This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Happy Father's Day. You know, I know at times this isn't an easy day, but you know what? We're going to make it easy. We're just going to honor all you fathers and pray blessings on you. I promise you, though, you're probably not going to be given a parade today. But God will applaud you. And I pray that the DNA of Father God within every father in here, even men who desire to be a father, will come alive in here today. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hands and our ushers will get you one. Once you get the Bible, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6. Deuteronomy 6. And I'll get where we're going there in a little bit. But I came up with a real creative acronym for the word DAD, D-A-D day after day new day same job and I don't know if you've ever figured this out yet but you'll be a dad until the day you die and so I believe the Lord's wanting to applaud those who've ran the race as a father with endurance and have stuck with it so we're here to applaud you and you know what if you didn't have a good earthly father we'll I know a heavenly father that'll substitute in there and he'll, he'll bless you, okay? I promise you. So we go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter six and what we're gonna do today is we're gonna take three great men of God and we're gonna let them whisper into every one of our ears the very thoughts that they had on fatherhood. And so the very first one is a man named Moses who was an incredible father but also an incredible father figure. So we start in Deuteronomy six verse five. You shall. And I'm going to stop right there just immediately because you're going to see in the upcoming verses that little statement, you shall, again and again and again. You shall. So I I believe this is written to all of us, but specifically to the fathers today. You shall. Now, when I see the word shall, that isn't hope so, maybe so, kind of so. When I see God say you shall, that's a commandment. So he says to start off, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, which the heart was considered the seat of the mind and the will, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now literally what he's talking about here is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, man is spirit, soul, and body. So with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your emotions, everything within me, I'm to love God. That that was the first thing he told him. You're going to have to love God. But he didn't stop there. Verse number six. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. So the love of God or the love that I have for Father is expressed by the way I obey Father God. But it's interesting he uses his word here and he said, I command you today. Now, when I say the word today, I I must make my today's count. Yesterday's over, tomorrow's not here, so all I have is today. So I live for today. And he said, these words I command you today shall be in your heart. So I'm the loved God, but if you'll notice here, I've got to get the word of God in my heart. It, It starts with what? impacts my heart and your heart. And I I can't overlook this. I can't bypass it. 
I got to get the word of God in my heart. Verse 7. You shall, there it is again, you shall what? You shall teach them. Who's the them? Well, we're fixing to find out. You shall teach them diligently to your children. I'm to get it in my heart, and what I get into my heart, then I am to teach them to my children. So I become the instructor of the classroom of life to my children. Diligently. Not, not ever now and then, but day by day by day, I'm to teach them diligently, but he doesn't stop there. And you shall talk. You shall speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And so he says, you've got to speak to your children about the Word of God from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. Day by day by day by day by day. An interesting assignment from a man named Moses who was really, really close to Father God. Verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands. They shall be as the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now what you literally see hear him talking about is we're to surround our children with the things of God. We're to teach them, we're to speak to them, and I mean we're to have written scripture all over our house. Everywhere they look, it's the word of God. So he's talking about the significance and the impact of the word of God when we get it around our children. And your job and my job, fathers, is we are to teach what's acceptable to God and what's unacceptable to God. And what I found out in this life is foolish children grow up to be foolish adults. That's why we are to steer them and in, in steer their lives in the direction that God desires for each one of them. And so our job, we, we are to champion our, our children for God. We're to move them in that direction day by day by day by day. And so this was what Moses would whisper in our ears. Get the word in your heart. And then what's in your heart will be released in your children. I literally become the example and the model of this. Turn a couple pages to the book of Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. And as you're turning to Joshua 24, and that's the very last book of Joshua, and I'm going to come back and highlight this in just a minute. But before we get to Joshua 24, about a month ago, there was a horse race called the Kentucky Derby. Now, I'm not a real fan of those things. I'm not against it, but it began to catch my eye one day that they begin to highlight every horse in the field. And by every horse, they would tell the odds of that horse winning. Well, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby this year was a horse called Rich Strike. Rich Strike was an 80 to one to win. He was one of the worst odds of any horse in the field, but yet he won. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever done the math on that, but if you're a gambler, if you bet $1, you won 80. If you bet $10, you won 800. You keep doing the math. It was significant. But why do I highlight the odds in that? Well, when I study the Bible about this guy named Joshua, Joshua was a million to one odd. He was what we would call one in a million. And the reason I highlight that is because Joshua, he, he swam upstream. He, he went against the flow. He was a difference maker in the time that he lived and, and he proved to stay with God in the hard times. He stayed with God in the difficult times. Even more so, he stayed with God when it was very unpopular. He didn't waver from the things of God. He didn't do what I call waffle or crawdad. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. But he stuck with it. And so I want to highlight a little bit about what it looks like to be a one in a million dad. And so he gives us some great insight here. And I begin in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. And if you'll notice, this is at the end of his life. This was his farewell address. So he starts out and he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. I believe this is one of the things that's lacking in the pulpits of America right now. We don't teach the fear of God. And the fear of God literally means to reverence God. It, it means to honor God. It means to respect him. I like to call it the awe factor. I just stand in awe of him. So it's interesting here in his farewell address, the first thing he says is fear God. Why do we fear God? Because the more I fear God, the more harder it is for me to sin. I stay away from it. I fear God more. Then he goes on to say, and serve him. Not only serve him, but worship him in total commitment and with a, a wholeheartedness. My, my complete allegiance is to him and how in sincerity and in truth. What's the priority of my life? Do I serve him? Do I, I reverence him? But he doesn't stop there. And then he said, Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. In other words, get rid of the things that try to entice you with this world. Now, idols have been around a long time. But it's very interesting. He points this out to him, and he's basically saying, don't allow the world to get its claws in you, okay? And if you'll notice at the end of verse 14, you know what he says? Serve the Lord. So he's really helping us out. He's saying, you know what? If you hadn't figured it out on your own to fear God, to serve him, and to turn from idols and get away from him, he said, let me just tell you the answer. Serve God. Serve God. It's like an open book test. And he cheats and he tells us the answer. Serve God. Just serve God. Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, undesirable to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day. So he tells them right here, you're, you're going to have to make a choice. 
And that's the same for every one of us. There's stuff that are vying for the, the crown of our hearts every day. But you're going to have to make a choice. Now, look what he says here. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites is who land you dwell right now. The gods of the past, the gods of the present, the gods of the future. But he says you're going to have to make a choice. And one of the choices is not to straddle the fence. I, I want the blessings of God and I want the promises of God, but I don't want to serve God wholeheartedly. I, I kind of like this God and I kind of like that God, but I sure don't like this. But it's interesting, he says, you're going to have to make a choice. And those choices are still here to this day. What do I choose to serve? Who do I choose to serve? An interesting word is the very next one in this verse, but. But. But as for me, I want to stop right there. Joshua says, but as for me, th this is what I'm going to do. He's saying the, the buck stops here. As for me, this is what I'm going to do. And my house. In other words, if you're going to live under my roof, then we're going to serve the Lord. Now, this was his final address. And, and it's very clear that he didn't opt out. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't cave in. He set the example for his house, and he started out, and he said, I want you to know, as for me, this is what I'm going to do. A definite stand. And so you know what he's saying there? As for me, he said, guess what? I'm going to be the model. I'm going to be the example of what it looks like to be a godly man, a godly father in an ungodly world. Now, a number of years ago, there was a woman in our church and she began to tell me about her dad. I knew her dad. And she said that her home was like a lot like ours on a weekday. When you have children at home, that man, I mean Monday through Friday, it is madhouse. People getting ready for work, people getting ready for school. She said the fondest memory of her father was day by day by day. She would walk by the living room and her daddy was on her knees praying. And she said, I would hear him calling out to God to protect us, me and my siblings. I would hear him petition God on my behalf. And she said, nothing had ever impacted me like seeing the example of my father day by day by day. Something that he modeled that he was the example. And, and what you find out, that as an adult, you're always modeling something. You always become the example of something, whether that's to be a man or a woman of integrity, be a person of character. I example on how I go to church. I example the way I serve in church. I'm, I'm an example all the time. 
Now, I had something real uh, simple to, to bring this point home this week. I have a little neighbor boy that lives next to me who's five years old. And uh, I, I wish I had a picture of him, but his parents would probably be upset with me. But he has these little glasses on, and he's always putting them on his nose. Well, me and him, we became friends about five or six months ago. We, we cut covenant over a cherry popsicle. So for some strange reason, and I really don't know what it is, but this little five-year-old, he loves to come and see me. He rings the doorbell daily. And, and when he rings the doorbell, it's kind of like he's seen if I can come out and play. <laughs> so we're gone a couple weeks ago, and day after day, Shelly would come with our ring and say, look who's at the door. And there he was. So Monday night, I get home, and I'm going out to mow. And before I mow, I, I had picked up a bunch of stuff in my yard, so I had a pair of gloves on, so I begin to mow. And I hear this noise, and I turn around and look. It's my five-year-old buddy. He sees me out there, but his mom's with him. So I can tell he wants to, to be a part of my day. And so I said to the mama, I said, he's, he's okay being with me, it's all right. So I take off and I'm making a swath down my yard this way and I get down there and I get ready to turn around and I look and there he is. He's got his gloves on and he's got his little plastic mower going. I go this way, he goes this way. I go down the, middle, the side of my house. He's right there with me. I go to the dumpster to drop the bag, the clippings off. He goes with me, and so I'm taking the mower into the garage, and he goes, are we done? And I said, no. I said, I gotta get my blower and blow off the sidewalk. I get my blower, and I'm out there, and all of a sudden, I turn around and look. He's got a blower that's bigger than him. <laughs> Seriously. I look, and I turn mine off, and I said, your blower's a lot bigger than mine. And he goes, yeah. He said, I got it for my birthday. I thought, what five-year-olds want a blower for their birthday? So I'm going down there blowing, and here he comes right behind me. He's blowing. So I take the blower to the garage, and I take my gloves off. He sets his blower down. He takes his gloves off. Before I had gone out that evening... I had had a glass of lemonade on ice and I got a drink of it and, and my bottle of lemonade had about a fourth of it left. So he watches me take a drink and I look at him and I said, would you like the rest of this? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, I ought to pay you something for as hard as you work today. So I gave him the bottle and he took a big old swig of it. He goes, that's really good. And he said, what are we doing next? And I said, well, what I'm doing next is I'm going into the house and showering. I don't know what you're going to do because I thought he may try to come in. <laughs> I, I promise you this afternoon, there he'll be. What's my point in that? 
we become living, breathing models, examples to our children. And I believe Joshua today would say this. I dare you to be a one in a million dad. I, I dare you to be a barrier breaker. And what I've seen over and over throughout my life, it only takes one. It, it just takes, and we're talking about fathers today, okay? It just takes one godly father that says, I, I want to be a barrier breaker in my, my family. And just that one godly dad can change an entire family, an entire home, but even more so, he can change an entire generation. That it's just not what I do, but it's what I do generationally. And so he's at the end of his life. Joshua is. And I'm not trying to hurry your life on, and I'm not trying to predict death. But if you were at the end of your life today, what would your farewell address say? I, I don't want to be known as, you know what? That dude was incredible in ping pong. That dude could drive a golf ball 300 yards. She was a great cook. I, I don't want to be remembered for those things. I want to be remembered like the guy I was talking about, that one of her, his daughter's greatest memories, that's a man on his knees. That's a man that's not ashamed to worship God before his children. That's not a, a man that's ashamed to do what's unpopular in this world right now. Turn with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 2. See, I believe Joshua would say to us, Stop doing what the majority's doing. Live to please God. Live to serve God. And once you get to 2 Kings, you're going to, or 1 Kings chapter 2, I'm sorry, 1 Kings 2. It's a passage about a guy named King David. The same King David that Father God said in 1 Samuel 13, he's a man after my own heart. There's not many men in the Bible that that says that about. Not impossible. Who, Lord, graces to be men that are men after your own heart? You know what a man is who's after God's own heart? I love what God loves and I hate what God hates. You know what God loves? He loves righteousness. He, he loves godly men. You know what he hates? He hates sin because he knows the consequences of sin. But another reason I wanted to highlight King David is because he wasn't perfect. I can relate to that real quick. And I know there's many dads in here, we've made mistakes. Welcome to the NFL, who had made a mistake? But you know what I found out about King David? That when he did fall, he would get back up. And I believe that's one of the greatest signs of a godly daddy is he gets back up. And I think another great sign of a godly dad is it's okay to tell your children when you blew it, when you made a mistake, that I'm not above repenting. And I believe another great sign of a godly dad is the way he loves his wife. That I become a model of that over and over and over again. So that's why it was easy for me to choose King David. Now look what it says here in, in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. 
Now the days of David drew dear that he should die. He's on his last leg here. His farewell address, and it said, and he charged Solomon and his son. He, he commanded, but he encouraged Solomon. He gave him these admonitions to stay with it. Verse 2. He said, I go the way of all the earth, which literally means he knew that his time on this earth was about to expire. There'll be a day that will happen to every one of us in here unless Jesus gets us first. But I highlight again, if you were on your deathbed right now, if you knew this was it, what would be the last words of wisdom that you would give to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. If you're going to live as long as me, it's probably going to be great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Can you imagine sitting there with all your kids and you kneel down there, get them all around you? My last words of wisdom wouldn't be, well, I hope you're a millionaire. I'm not against that. I hope, I hope you hang on to all your trophies and your medals. You know, my last words of wisdom would be, serve God. Whatever you do, serve God. Whatever you do, do, do it God's way. Follow God with all your heart. And then I'd look at him and say, hostel lasagna, I'm out of here. Poppy's going to heaven. See you in heaven. This is where he's at. Becomes real to me when I read this. And he said, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore. Be strong, be strong. Remember the Lord spoke that even to Joshua in Joshua 1. Four times he said, you gotta be strong and a good courage. And when he talks about being strong, that's Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord. Lord, grace me with strength today, but grace me to be courage. For what? To be godly in an ungodly world. When you serve God, it's not gonna be popular. But I'm not trying to win a popularity contest with God, but especially with my children. Serve God. Be strong. Look to God. Day by day by day. And then he makes an incredible con uh, 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 statement here and he says, and prove yourself a man. Prove yourself a man. See, we have this brilliant thought that when you become 18, you become a man. So our eyes is just a number and you become a man. But David's eyes was, you're gonna have to prove yourself a man. Act maturely. Act wisely. Do, do the things that would please God. Fear God. Live with total allegiance to God. Prove yourself a man. And then he goes on to say, and he gets in real deep here in verse 3. And keep the charge of the Lord your God. To walk in his ways and keep his statutes. His commandments, his judgments, his testimonies is written in the law of Moses. Now this was to his son. Why was this so important? Look at the next sentence. That you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. 
You know what he's saying? You do it God's way. You walk in the things of the kingdom of God. I don't care what you do. God's going to prosper you. I don't care where you turn. God's going to prosper you. And so I believe David is telling Solomon this admission. Just do it God's way. Don't, don't just do it like Nike. Do it God's way. Be a man of God. Be a man of integrity. And when I see this, it's the wisdom of God coming upon him. This is God's desire for you. Did you see God's not against us prospering, but I got to do it God's way. But it didn't stop there. Look what verse 4 says. That the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, if, who if, if's a choice. You've gone to church here very long. It's one of the Proverbs I quote. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. So you say, what translation is that in? Well, that's the Stormy Swan paraphrased edition, okay? I'm just kidding, all right? If, look what he says here, if. If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth. Why would the sons take heed to walk before him in truth? Because they model what their daddy's doing. They model his instruction. With all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not like a man on the throne of Israel. So you know what he's saying here? It's just not going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your children. And you've become dream builders. You've been giving them the, the key to success as an earthly father. And so many times we have this thought as an earthly father that it's just this massive mixing bowl. And, and it's like we see a, a great daddy and we say, what's, what's the secret? What's the secret? Well, none of the ingredients matter until you get that first one. And you know what the first one is? God, do it God's way. Serve God. Get the word in you. Live for God. And that's the only thing that matters. And so when you look at what he's talking about here, our children's actions and behaviors oftentimes are a result of my actions and my behaviors. Do it God's way. Why don't you stand up here with me this morning? And as you're standing up, I hear the whispers of Moses getting the word. Get the word in your heart. I, I don't do it out of duty, I do it out of love for God. And I hear Moses saying, Teach them, teach them the word. You teach them that it's life-oriented, not knowledge-oriented. That I take the Word of God and it becomes practical for me in everyday life. And then I hear Joshua still whispering, be a one in a million dad. And I hear David whispering, 
depart or impart before you depart. You know, I'm going to have our team come up here. And we're going to sing for just a little bit here. And I welcome you if you desire to come down here. Maybe as a dad, maybe as a family. Just to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to honor God. Go ahead, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.